Hello and welcome to the Daily Royal. My name is Shelby and I have been a royal watcher for the past 10 years. In this podcast, I talk about the daily events of seven of the European monarchies. So I talk about Belgium, the UK, Denmark, the Netherlands, Norway, Spain, and Sweden. I upload Monday through Friday with occasional bonus episodes here and there. Today we are going to be talking about all of the events from the weekend. Um, from July 8th to yesterday, July 11th of 2021. Um, so here's the deal, guys. I actually got really, really sick, um, on Thursday night. Uh, I fell asleep at like 7 p.m. and slept all night. Uh, and then went to the doctor Friday and really just can't, couldn't breathe. Um, I'm sure you've noticed that my, uh, I've had to like gasp for air during recordings and things like that. And it just kind of all reached a fever pitch and, uh, you know, I'm good now. Well, I'm not. I'm working on getting good again. Um, I'm on some medicine. I'm getting, I've been tested for things. You know, I don't have COVID. Thank goodness. I am fully vaccinated. So I wasn't super concerned anyway, but like there was just a lot going on. Um, my throat is pretty raw in terms of I've been coughing so much. So I was going to record last night, um, but just really wasn't able to. I had spent uh, the day talking way more than I normally do in a day, to be like completely honest. Um, and by the time I was like ready to record, my voice was just gone. It's still kind of rough. Um, but I am recording this on Monday morning. Um, so we're going to go through everything that happened Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, there are stuff, there are things like, this is crazy because there are things happening right now. Um, but we'll talk about that. I'm going to record again tonight is the plan. And if I don't, when I record tomorrow, I'll cover, um, Monday and Tuesday, but I plan on recording tonight. Uh, that also brings us to, it looks like it's going to be a weird kind of week. Um, so the tentative idea is like, I might be recording every other day anyway, but then there are enough things that it's like, it's possible I could be recording every day, but not probable. Um, I do think I'll record today because it's the first day of a week and there's a couple of things that I want to talk about um, that are, like, longer. So, we'll see. Also, that depends on how I'm feeling. Um, Okay, so we're going to jump right in. The good news is, in all honesty, like, it it wasn't a slow week like four days by any stretch of the imagination, but things are congregated to like three countries, um, with 
a very small thing in Sweden as well. It's not a very small thing, but like it's all concentrated in Belgium, the UK, Spain, and then an event in Sweden. So it's still going to be a pretty um, normal length episode, even though it's four days of coverage. Um, And also like the weekend events are all kind of running together. So we are going to jump right in. We're going to start with the Belgian royal family. For a family that I fully expected to, like, be on vacation... The Belgians have shocked me um, with having events kind of sporadically last week and even into this week. Um, It seems like they're going up until National Day this year. And then their summer vacation will probably start in August, which is expected. Um, And it just has shocked me. So on Thursday which was July 8th, Um, King Philippe started his day. He held a meeting with the president of the Flemish parliament to mark the feast of the Flemish community. Um, So I've talked about this a couple of times, but just a slight refresher. Belgium is made up of three different um, communities that are are centered in the languages that they speak. So they congregate in the same area. Um, So there's Flemish, which is the primarily Dutch-speaking community, Wallonia, which is the French-speaking community, and then there's a German-speaking community as well. Um, And they each have their own parliament, and then there's, like, the federal... I call it the federal because I'm from the States, but it's, like, the federal government or the national government of Belgium. So that's where, like, the prime minister is and the, the cabinet are in, is in that, quote, federal government. Um, but then these, like, communities have their own parliamentary systems as well. So there's, like, a president of the Wallonian government. There's a president of the Flemish government. Um, and so that's what this is. Um, but then ultimately Belgium is, like, run by the federal. Very similar. I mean, it's very similar to, like, Spain and the autonomous communities, the states, and, like, how we have individual states, and then we also have our president and our, like, official uh, federal government, and then we have our state government and our local governments. Um, and so it's it's that same sort of system. Uh, just, I feel like if you're from the States, you might especially get confused when I talk about this because it's not in the way we think of the world as as like U S citizens, because it's not the way our government runs. So that's how Belgium works. Um, and really every, for the most part, every country that I talk about has something similar. Um, Scandinavia doesn't, I mean, has like the federal and then like the local, like the county governments, but they're not as intense as, like, Spain's autonomous community or Belgium's uh, language-centered communities. Um, So, anyway, that was the first event on Thursday. Also on Thursday, King Philippe 
visited um, the Brotherhood of Parachutist Agents to mark their 75th anniversary. So this is a fraternal organization that was founded by veterans um, who parachuted in to the occupied Belgium during the Second World War. Um, so 75 years ago, the war had just essentially ended. Um, and they created this fraternal organization, this brotherhood, so similar to like a Masons uh, type of fraternal organization like this. Um, and they just all joined together to have this uh, common thread. So they were mostly British trained. Um, I don't know if that means they were English or, but they were trained in England um, to parachute and then parachuted in to Nazi occupied Belgium. Um, so I found this one to be like a really odd because I didn't understand it. And I still don't completely understand like if there is a secondary, um, focus of the organization, like if they do good deeds or if it's just truly like they spread the history. And so that like, that's really cool in and of itself. I'm not demeaning that. I just, it was very confusing. Um, the website, cause here's the thing. I've been sick for three days. I've had a lot more time to research than I normally do. <laughs> so <laughs> the, um, the website for the organization, like, wasn't super helpful, um, and I didn't go far beyond their own website, but that's okay. Um, so it was a really cool event anyway, um, and I think there was one veteran who was part of the founding group, um, who King Philippe got to sit down and talk with. The thing is, of course, now we're coming into a time when there aren't really a ton of World War II veterans left, sadly. Um, you know, with the war ending 75 years ago, you know, g generally the youngest was going to be 18. Um, so that's, they're, they're almost 95, 96. 95, uh, 93 to, you know, they're, they're relatively old. Um, and so there aren't that many surviving veterans of the second world war anymore, which is very sad, but I do think King Philippe was able to talk. He, he looked like he was a veteran, um, of the second world war, but I'm not sure. Um, so those were King Philippe's events on Thursday. And then also on Thursday, Queen Mathilde gave the opening address to a virtual UN United Nations event about the impact of violence on children's mental health. Um, this is, so she has been working in like, um, circles for the past couple of weeks, uh, really diving into the issues on this. We've talked about kind of her video conferences, um, with the UN on ch child violence, um, and then with the World Health Organization. So it all culminated into this virtual event hosted by the United Nations to, um, it was a high level, which means kind of the highest 
uh, UN people were involved in it, um, which is, of course, a big deal. Um, so she gave the opening address focusing, <laughs> excuse me, focusing on the impact of violence on children's mental health and, like, being born into conflict and things like that. Um, so that was her Thursday. Um, and then on Friday, so I've had a hard time kind of navigating these waters of the younger generation of royals. Um, here is my, here's where I have ultimately kind of landed, though. If things are an official event on a calendar of the royal families, which is all I talk about anyway, okay? Like 99% of the time, I don't talk about uh, other events or like tabloid rumors or things that aren't publicized by the royal house. However, it is still really challenging to talk about the younger generation. This shouldn't be the case here um, because Princess Elizabeth, the Duchess of Brabant, is 19. Like, she is an adult. Um, but I still have a hard time because, like, she's in school and, like, that needs to be the priority. But she was available for a press call um, on Friday at the... So she is at the Royal Military Academy in Brussels doing a year of military training, um, which culminates in July. The students, cadets, whatever they're called there, go on like a month-long um, camp, essentially, where they're doing training missions and things along that nature. And so on Friday, she was available to the press, um, who were able to spend the morning kind of following her and taking pictures um, of what her day is like at this camp. So, like I said, this is for the month of July. Um, she'll take part in the Belgian National Day celebrations on July 21st and then have, like, an additional week of camp. Um, and then, to our knowledge, that will be the end of her military training for now. They still haven't announced next steps for her, but that's okay. Um, and so for Friday, she, the press, like I said, was available, uh, she was available to the press for like a couple of hours, um, which included, uh, morning salute, breakfast, uh, training, um, training exercises. And then she came over, this was, this was the like, no one expected this part. Um, so she came over and she spoke, I believe she spoke in Dutch, um, to the press, which makes sense because she's in a, a Dutch speaking, uh, unit, uh, like because Belgium has three different official languages. She was put with, like she chose to be put in a, Dutch speaking, uh, unit. And so she came over and she talked about how she is used to getting up very early, which is at 6am. Um, she's had to adopt, adapt to a lot. She is enjoying her time. Um, 
And then she also ended with I Hope to See You Again on July 21st, which is Belgium's National Day. And like I said, she'll be taking part in the National Day Parade, I think. Um, so I'm not sure what her involvement will be with, like, the royal family events because they do a couple of additional things on July 21st. So I don't know if Elizabeth will be part of that or if her focus will be on the parade as a student of the Royal Military Academy. Either is fine. Um but it's just been an interesting like navigational process um because each of these like younger youngest generation of royals are at very different stages and very different availability um you know in the Netherlands we haven't seen too much of Amalia which is fine um who is almost 18 but then in Spain, we've seen Leonor and Sophia a lot. And, like, they have their own, um, like, they have an event this week on their own. So, it again, it's just an interesting thing to navigate talking about what I consider children. Um, and being very aware that these are children who are still being formed as royals and, and, and people. Um, and really just navigating that. So anyway, that is what was going on in Belgium. I know I just talked a ton, um, but now we are going to move over to the British royal family. The UK is where things have been really busy, but um, also very repetitive. So you'll see what I mean in like one second, but it's just kind of been not quite Groundhog Day, but very much similar feeling in that it's kind of the same thing day after day. Um, so on Thursday, which was July 8th, uh, Queen Elizabeth had an event, which was wonderful, and it was, again, like, a, a good in-person quality event, which I'm loving. Um, so she visited Manchester, where she started her day visiting the set of Coronation Street, which is a soap opera that I think runs on ITV, um, and it is the world's longest-running soap opera. It's been running for, like, 60 years, um... Which is crazy, you guys. Like, that is double my life. Like, that is crazy town. Um, so, it was a really big deal to a lot of people that she visited the set. Um, to me, I like, I've never seen the show. I'm not going to watch the show. I, I'm not a soap opera person. Um, I am, <laughs> I am watching a, like, primetime soap opera on Netflix right now. I'm watching Jane the Virgin, which is, like, essentially a telenovela in primetime television in the States. Um, it's, it's ended now, but I'm binging it. I'm not really binging it, but, like, I'm watching it on Netflix, and... Um, 
it's a lot of drama. And I'm like not, I'm not a person who enjoys a lot of drama. I get enough of that following the daily events of royal families, honestly. Um, but it's like a soap opera as I'm going to get that in Grey's Anatomy. Like those evening soap operas. Um, but, so this is not something that I really understood the, the hype around because I have watched maybe like four episodes of a soap opera in my entire life and none of them were Coronation Street. I think most of it was like the bold and the beautiful or something. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so she was able to meet with some of the, um, actors and crew and just talk about like the longevity of this show. I think, I don't really think they were talking like in depth about plot lines or anything like that. There is like this anecdote that I've seen um, and I can't remember who shared it now. It was probably Chris Ship, who is the royal correspondent for ITV, because um, he was doing a lot of coverage since Coronation Street is on his network. And um, I, I, they were talking about like all the trouble that you can get into, because of course the soap opera is just a, one long drama. Um, and she said something along the lines, oh, well, you know, life is, life is constant trouble or like, you know, in terms of like, there are constantly things going on that require attention in life, um, which is also true for Queen Elizabeth, whose life seems played out like a soap opera. I'm sure it is not in everyday life, but like the parts that we are sometimes exposed to definitely feel that way. Um... So that was her first event, and then she also visited the Manchester Cathedral to meet with clergy and worshippers there, um, and I think it was to mark an anniversary, like possibly the 600th anniversary of the cathedral. Let me find out. I have a gazillion pictures um, that I, yeah, so it's the 600th anniversary of the collegiate church. Um, so I'm not sure if that was the actual, like the cathedral in Manchester or I think it is, but I don't know. Um, and I also think that was last year was the 600th, but 2020 did not do us a ton of favors. So that is what was going on for Queen Elizabeth. Um, and then it was also, we're still in Wales week at this point on Thursday. Um, so it was day four and this was a, it was a very churchy day on Thursday for the British Royals because, um, the Prince of Wales attended a few events to mark the hundredth anniversary of the church in Wales. So he attended a Thanksgiving service at St. David's Cathedral. He visited the St. Martin of Tours church, um, and then finally met with members of the congregation at St. Brynax church. Um, so it was just, just a day full of visiting different churches throughout, um, a community in Wales and meeting with different people and different organizations within the church of Wales, uh, or church in Wales that partake in events. Um, so that was, I wasn't too interested in that, honestly, but like, I think by this point on Thursday, because I did my outline and I was like ready to go. And then I just started falling downhill very quickly Thursday. Um, 
And so I think by this point I was just like, yeah, this is the most boring kind of day I've ever seen in my life. Um, but anyway, whatever. We are through it, kind of. Um, I just didn't really enjoy that day of Wales Week. Um, I didn't enjoy the ninth, so we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, and then that those were the only two things on the court circular as well for that day. So I'm not going to check the court circular for each of these days, but I do – I did write, um, in my outline that I w was finishing up last night. Um, like, okay, this is confirmed by the court circular. This was it. Um, and then, so that brings us to July 9th, which was the fifth and final day of Wales week. Um, and so this was a day that I really enjoyed. Um, so on Friday, Charles visited uh, the Glam Morgan Cricket Club, which is so fun. Um, so for those who haven't been following my journey, I'm becoming this like sports person. Um, I'm not, but like I don't, watched a lot of sports this weekend. Um, and I, I feel kind of weird now that like a lot of the sports that I have watched are over, but hey, it's almost Olympics time, so it's fine. Um, but, but cricket is not one that I have started watching. I might. Uh, so, but it was just really interesting to, or, uh, fun to see something a little different because my life has been, and the Royals lives have been kind of dominated by the Euro cup and, uh, Wimbledon. And so this was just something different. It was a nice little change in pace. Um, and then he was also meeting children who played cricket at the club. So like school age children um, who take part in club activities at with cricket. Um, then he met, uh, he attended a reception with the Prince's Trust in Wales uh, for the Launched in Lockdown program, which was a program uh, of enterprises and organizations and different things that like were started during the pandemic or because of the pandemic. Um, and then he finally visited the Pontier House Inn, which is a local res uh, local pub that during the throes of the pandemic, um, because restaurants were closed, they actually became like a source of a location for essential foods. Um, so like pantry staples, fresh, fresh vegetables, like they became a location to do that. Um, so they could one, stay in business, but also, uh, support the residents in a way that still worked. Um, so that was really cool. And then also on Friday, the Duke of Cambridge took part in a charity polo match, uh, that supported supported several charities of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge that they're like patrons of are really involved in, including, uh, each hospice and center point, um, which are organizations that they have been involved with for a very long time. Um, so that was Friday, Saturday was Wimbledon day. Well, it was women's championship day at Wimbledon, uh, and the Duchess of Cambridge alongside, uh, the Duke of Cambridge. So the Duke of Cambridge also came, but it was not primarily his event. He was there, uh, in a supportive husband capacity. Um, so they attended the women's championship match of 
uh, final at Wimbledon, which was fun. So I have not really paid attention to Wimbledon this year. I don't ever really pay attention to Wimbledon. Um, I think I have maybe gotten in, invested in it once, like, in my entire life. And so this was not really, like, a big thing for me. I chose to watch it because um, it was announced maybe the day before, like, maybe on Friday, that the Duchess of Cambridge would be there. And knowing the schedule enough of the British Royals, this was pretty much what I assumed the last weekend we're going to see the Duchess of Cambridge for a while because uh, the school schools are are officially on summer break and they're gonna you know it just is summer for them and Kate and William are both really just hands-on and um want to spend the summers with their kids which I think is fine uh but it's just like the last time we're gonna see them for a while and I just wanted to like enjoy it and also like what else did I have to do at this point I'm sick so I'm like well I'm I'm awake and I can't really do much, so I'll just uh, watch Wimbledon. And so that was Saturday, so they were there for most of, they were there for the whole match, and then um, Kate presented the trophy to the winner of the match, um, who is from Australia. Ashley Barty, I think, was her name. Um, And then she was accompanied by the Duke of Kent, who is president of the All England Lawn and Tennis Association, which is what runs Wimbledon, um, like the competition. And um, he announced, I think maybe also like Friday or Thursday or Friday, that this would be his last year in that capacity. so that that's a big deal, of course. Um, and so he was on center court with Kate for the presentation of that trophy, um, as well as the one yesterday, which we'll talk about. And, uh, well, we'll just actually transition to that. So that was Saturdays. And then on Sunday, the Duchess of Cambridge was also at Wimbledon center court for the men's single championship um, this time, instead of bringing William, she brought her dad, which I think is so cute. So Michael Middleton came as her guest in the Royal box. Um, and then again, the trophy ceremony for the champion. Um, only this time the trophy was presented by the Duke of Kent, um, who also was given like, a the Duke of Kent was also given a miniature Wimbledon championship trophy for his years of service as president um, which so fun. Like I loved it. I, it was lovely. Um, you know, I think it's been in it. It's sadder. It's sad to see this older generation of British Royals, um, kind of retire, but also like it's been announced for the most part that Kate is going to take on most of those duties um, that the president has because she's already patron of the All England Lawn and Tennis Association, which is actually a higher um, status than president. So a lot of that is going to go to her anyway. So that was 
Um, it's just like a weird times they are a changing kind of moment. Um, so that was really, really cool. Um, on sun on yes Sunday morning, yesterday morning. Um, and then in the evening it was uh the final of Euro twenty twenty uh between Italy and England and so the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. So the Duke of Cambridge was there in his capacity as president of the football association and then he and he brought Kate and George. Um, so he brought the Duchess of Cambridge and Prince George to accompany him to the final of this uh, Euro Cup. And uh, England scored their first goal in the first two minutes. And then nothing happened for like 65 minutes. And then Italy tied. We went into extra time. And then Italy ended up winning in penalty kickoff. Uh, like a penalty kick to decide the game. It was devastating. Um, and like, like I've, I've said, I won for most of my life have hated football slash soccer. Um, I really enjoyed this competition. I think I was, I knew I was very invested in Spain's win, Um, but I think like once they were out, it was very much like I did not have a super invested interest in whether Spain or, uh, or Italy or England won this game. Like I didn't care. Um, I still don't. However, I was really sad for the English fans, um, to watch that happen in Wembley with penalties. Um, and now I, so I wasn't, because it's the next day. People suck. So I will probably not talk about this in uh, the episode I record tonight because I'm talking about it now. But, like, there is so much racism happening in England right now and, like, just pure fury at the players who missed penalty kicks. And it's so dumb. Um, Like, it's so dumb. People need to stop. Like, they're trashing Wembley, and it's just, I understand that it's a hard loss. I really do. Um, But, like, come on. Be better. Like, be better people. Um, So, I will say the Duke of Cambridge sent out a tweet this morning condemning it, and I'm actually going to read it because as mad as I am, I think William might actually be madder. Um, So, he... Ugh. He wrote, I am sickened by the racist abuse aimed at England players after last night's match. It is totally unacceptable that players have to endure this abhorrent behavior. It must stop now and all those involved should be held accountable. Um, and it's, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter why it's a racist thing other than It doesn't matter. I like I don't even know how to talk about this in formed coherent sentences because I'm infuriated. Like you don't do you don't get mad at the players for any reason ever. 
Like, they played. They tried. It is more than anyone who's throwing things can do. I'm just going to say that. Like, I don't think you can be a world-class football player if you can go do it and prove to us next Euro or World Cup or whatever that you're better. Like, that's what I have to say. It's disgusting. Okay. Rant over. Um, So those were the events in the British royal family. (laughs) Um, We are now going to hard transition to the Spanish royal family. In Spain, there were just a few events on Thursday and Friday. We're not going to go into a lot of detail because, honestly, there's just, like, not a ton of detail to go in on. Um, And I've talked for a long time already. So, on Thursday, uh, King Felipe and Queen Letizia attended ARCO, which is the International uh, Contemporary Art fair that happens every year in Madrid at the IFEMA Pavilion. Um, It is an annual event for Felipe and Letizia. They have gone, I think, every year. So they went in 04, uh, probably before their wedding, and then they have gone every year since 2009. And um, it's just a really fun like there are different galleries hosted. It's just really cool. Um, a lot of different contemporary art last year. I remember them doing this and it was like literally right before the pandemic. Um, and I thought it was so stupid that they were going, um, because it was like, right as you knew things were getting bad and like, we should maybe not be doing this. Um, but of course it's Spain. So like, okay. Um, like now I understand a little bit more like why they did what they did. Um, but I I still think it's dumb. And so last year I didn't really, I was already upset about the event in general because it felt like unnecessary. Um, but it also, was very modern and I'm a, I don't get modern art. I don't get art. I really don't get modern art. Um, but this year, like I did, I still don't get it. Believe me. I still have no idea. I don't understand. Um, but I liked the, the visual pieces a little bit more this year than I did last year or any of the like previous years videos that I've seen. Um, it was just kind of different and fun. Um, and I, I don't know. It was just different. Um, so that was Thursday. And then Friday, King Felipe attended the graduation ceremony of the General Military Academy at Zaragoza, um, which is an annual event. So it's it's Military Academy graduation ser- season, essentially. Um, so King Felipe will be attending quite a few of these over the next little bit. Um, I think he has for sure the Air Academy this week. 
um, and maybe even naval or sub submarine, like some sort of naval something I think might be this week too. Um, but this is an annual thing. He will go. Sometimes Letizia will accompany him. Um, but he goes, he hand delivers himself, uh, like the, to the top grade or like the top student. Um, he'll do that and then presides just over the graduation ceremony. Um, sometimes there are like demonstrations afterwards, especially like at Air Academy, they do, um, a couple of different things, but, um, so he'll preside over that. It's, we might go into more detail, um, on the Air Academy one. This one, um, the graduates were included members of the Royal, new members of the Royal Guard, members of the Civil Guard, and Army. Um, so lots of different facets at the General Military Academy, but that is, it was all, uh, land-based military. Um, so that is what was going on in Spain over the past couple of days. Uh, no events on Saturday or Sunday. Huge schedule this week. Huge schedule this week for them. Uh, they are pretty much going to be the main royal family keeping us afloat, just so you all know. Um, so anyway, that is what was going on there. So now we are going to jump over to Sweden. <laughs> On Friday, King Carl Gustav and Crown Princess Victoria took a break from their summer holidays at Soledin um, because there is a new Swedish government. Well, kind of new. It's not really new. It's the exact same government. It was just re-elected. That's right. The prime minister who was, you know, resigned because of a vote of no confidence, is somehow now the new prime minister. I'm so confused. And, like, I understand that changes are challenging in this time, although, spoiler spoiler alert for tomorrow's episode, or today, yeah, tomorrow's episode, uh, Spain just did a whole 360, like, 180 on their government. It's bizarre. Um, but, like, What? This, this dude just lost a vote of no confidence last week, two weeks ago, and is now the, I'm so confused, you guys. I have tried to do research, and it's like an unexplainable thing. Like, the websites and articles that I have read on this cannot explain to me why this is the way this happened. It is so crazy. So, typically this would be like a shift in government council meeting. And it was, except it's the exact same government. I can't. What is this? Like, it's so bizarre. Um, it is the craziest thing ever. I really, like, wish I could be Swedish and understand kind of the nuances of this a little bit more rather than reading, like, Politico articles and things like that because... 
I just don't think it gives a good picture of what just happened. But hey, if you're Swedish, are you as confused as I am? Because what is going on? Like, I, I kind of thought a vote of no confidence would mean like, oh, like you're blacklisted now. But no, now that guy is the new prime minister, but also the same prime minister. I don't know. I'm confused. Um, so that's my little rant about the Swedish event. Um, it was wonderful to like have a little break in the summer calendar because we'll see, um, the Swedish Royal family on Wednesday for Victoria's birthday celebrations. Um, and then they'll kind of continue on their summer vacation. So it was just nice to have like an additional, um, something. And then I will say this is, you know, these are private events, so I'm not going to talk about them in full, but there have been a lot of summer events for the Swedish royal family, like things that they're doing on the island um, near Soledin. And the other day they went to a concert and um, Princess Estelle was there and her cousin, Princess Leonore, was there. And oh my God, these children. So the last time I really, like, we really saw them together, like just the two of them was in probably 2014 or 15, 2014, maybe. Um, and like, they were just little and now they're seven and nine and it's the craziest thing. <laughs> like it's crazy. They're so grown. Um, and I'm loving it, but I think we'll see maybe some more, um, cuteness over the next little bit. But again, those are like private events. So I'm not going to talk about them, but like there are pictures and oh my goodness, um, but those pictures you cannot find on my website because private events. Um, okay, so with that, I am going to end this episode here. Uh, I have updated the website. I've updated the Instagram. Both of those are the Daily Royal. Uh, things have been moving. Just I haven't been able to record because I haven't had a voice. Um, so I know this episode went a little bit long, but I've missed you all. So of course it did. Um, and so with that, I will talk to you all, uh, I guess still tomorrow. Cause I'm putting this up same day. It feels very strange. Um, I'm not used to putting up episodes same day. But I will talk to you all tomorrow for all the events that are happening right now while I record. Um, have a fantastic remainder of your Monday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Bye. Bye.